you have to do is just connect two people that can help each other and can make great things happen in the world. And in doing that, you get to, get to be seen as somebody who is incredibly valuable. And so when, when the opportunity comes up where you might be the person who can help connect them to the thing that they are wanting to do in life, you've already brought enough value through connecting them to tools and articles and apps and things that they find valuable and people, because people are really nine times out of 10, like an app is cool, but like, if you really wanna make shifts in your life, it, it's generally done through people. Heroes are an inspiring group of people, every one of them from the larger-than-life comic book heroes you see on the big silver screen, the everyday heroes that let us live the privileged lives we do. Every hero has a story to tell, from the doctor saving lives at your local hospital, the war veteran down the street who risked his life for our freedom, to the police officers and the firefighters who risk their safety to ensure ours. Every hero is special and every story worth telling. But there is one class of heroes that I think is often ignored. The entrepreneur, the creator, the producer, the ones who look at the problems in this world and think to themselves, you know what, I can fix that, I can help people, I can make a difference. Then they go out and do exactly that by creating a new product or introducing a new service. Some go on to change the world. Others make a world of difference to their customers. Welcome to The Hero Show. Join us as we pull back the masks on the world's finest heropreneurs and learn the secrets to their powers, their success, and their influence so you can use those secrets to attract more sales, make more money, and experience more freedom in your business. I'm your host, Richard Matthews, and we are on in three, two, one. Because there's a lot of aspects about you and I that are very similar in terms of uh, the end result of how we think of things, right? Like we, um, we are both fairly systematic people. Um, we are both, uh, you know, like detail and data oriented in a lot of ways. Um, we are both able to connect with people very, very well and very readily. Um, and, uh, and, and, you know, have strong relationships and, and have been able to do that. Um, but what's interesting is that we sort of discovered the reason and the underlying process for how that how that comes about for you and I came from different places. And and that's where, where we sort of figure out where where I think my superpower comes from is is that I relate to and connect to people at it at a very deep level. Um, I am I am within minutes of meeting somebody able to dive into you know, you, you describe it this way, their deepest, darkest secrets of, of who they are and what makes them um, who they are. And, and, it's, and it's not because like, I'm like pulling tricks and, and getting them to reveal things. It's because yeah. for whatever reason, I like the amount that I care about other people comes through so readily that I think the average person uh, feels very comfortable talking to me. And, yeah, it's, and I it's, show it's a genius level empathy is what I call it. <laughs> right, right. And, and so like, I, 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 I very much I do actually care about the people that I'm talking to, no matter who they are, no matter what's, you know, like where they come from. Um, I'm able to relate to people very well. And, and that that skill has, as has fueled a lot of what else I do. So a lot of my marketing messaging, how I position uh, my courses, my trainings, my products, um, because I understand what people want out of out of their life out of their products like i i put myself into somebody else's shoes um at a very deep level and and through that i'm able to look at the world from their perspective and create the solutions that that i would want if i were them um and that's 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 essentially you know what what i do yeah and i remember when we were talking about this we were like one of the examples that popped up was like how you and i go about building a relationship right with right. someone new that you've met 
Um, and for me, right, like empathy is not my thing, right? Systems and processes are my thing. And like, I right. see things in systems way that other people don't. Um, and right. so for me, like, it's always been like, I, when I go to build a relationship with someone, I have analyzed people that have good relationship building skills. And I've like noted the things that they're doing. Um, right. And then gotten good at them myself, right? Figured out like, hey, these are some of the things that you do for people. Like, like everything down to like body language tactics that people are using and just sort of turn them into things that I'm doing, right? Um, right. And what's, what's interesting is you have like, because of the empathy, you have that natural sort of, uh, I call it a gift, right? To, to just act right. in that way, right? To act in the way that someone, someone does, um, needs in order for you to, to connect with them. Um, but what's right. interesting is we both end up in the same place with our ability to build a relationship. They just come from different areas, right? We both right. do the same things. And um, I think it, it's actually really kind of a fun concept. One of the things that you and I have talked a lot about is the idea that you are not what you think you are that what you do, right? So like what happens in right. your head is irrelevant to who you are as a person, um, right? right? It's the actions that you take that define who you are. Um, right. So when people look at us, Right, they see us from our actions and the ways that we do. Right. So they they would look at both of us and say, "Hey, you guys are both really good at building relationships and networking and whatever you know, whatever the things come out of that." So it's right. it's irrelevant that we come to it from different places. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, it's that we, we sort of get there, we get to the same place because of our underlying skill sets. So, anyways, I always found that that discussion really fascinating. Yeah, and, and I think I like like part of what's interesting about it. I mean, there's definitely. I, I don't know if there's a way that I could describe how how like the way I think and connect to people relates to like my systems thinking. I just think I happen to have um, a decent enough like a detail oriented systems thinking process that I'm able to do that well. Um, but but really, it like at the foundation, the thing that drives everything else is definitely the the, the empathy and the relationships. Um, but like for for you because there's such a deep systems thinking that that fuels like everything else. Like you can be good at empathy and good at relationships because you understand it at a systems level. And like, as a, for instance, you could teach people to connect to other people, right? Like you could, you could teach that because you see the, the pieces in the structure. And like, if I really stepped back and looked at it, I probably could. Um, but I couldn't teach somebody how to do connecting with people like I do. Cause I don't think about it. It's not a, it's it's not a conscious process. It's def, it, like it it's one hundred percent happening at a subconscious level for me. Uh, and so so like I like I can't help somebody else to do that very readily, right? Like that's not yeah. a, that's not a thing I understand. But uh, but anyway, yeah. That's why so that's why I've gotten into a professional teaching. But um, you know the the it's it's such a it's such a fun discussion to like really get into what your superpowers are when you sort of understand you're talking right. about what's the the sub framework of like how you were built. Um, right. and how those sort of power your other things, right? Because like when you, when, when you talk about like for, for us, the, that juxtaposition of like, we both are pretty good with systems and we're both pretty good at empathy, right? You know, there's a lot right. more to us than that, but those two aspects right. fit nicely together for this discussion, um, right? You have a huge desire to build really good systems in your business because good systems allow you to connect people better, right? Right, yeah, they, yeah <laughs> and, good, and, good, good systems are sustainable, uh, good systems are repeatable, so you can you can make an impact in people's lives at, you know, at scale. Yeah. So yeah, so you know, so it's like caring like, about you, people requires good systems. Your your empathy 
drives your building of systems, right? And for right. me, it's flip-flopped, right? My, my desire to build really good systems as what made me get good at empathy, right? Like I right. was like, I had to right. learn how to break it down and figure out what it was. But again, the outcropping of that is the same, right? We end up with the same, the same result. So anyways, I always found that uh, it, one of my favorite discussions we've had over the course of our life was sort of figuring that out about ourselves. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, and if, if, uh, if I, I, th I think for any, any other geeks out there, uh, the, the example that, that we gave um, that I think that you know, nailed it in terms of the example is if you're familiar with Ender's Game, uh, and especially if you're familiar with uh, uh, the companion-related book, uh, Ender's Shadow, um, which, which reveals more of like what's going on in, in Bean's thinking. Uh, we, Two of the we best sort of books ever out, written, by the way. <laughs> yeah, we, we sort of figured out that in, in that world, my, my, my skill set is derived in the similar way from, from Ender Wigan. Your skill set is derived in a similar way to Bean, that, that it, mm -hmm. you know, it, it, it's essentially, but you end up with a, with a similar caliber, similar class person um, where, you know, in that, in that story, Bean could have stepped in and probably saved the, saved the universe just as readily as Ender, you know, Ender did, but, you know, it, it, that's not how the story played out. But, uh, but you know, anyway, you, you end up in a similar spot through different skill sets. Yeah, yeah. I, f I find it really fascinating that, like, you and I have similar skill sets to those two characters in that book, and they both supposed to happen to be, like, some of our favorite books. Um, right. But anyways, the... Uh, um, we'll put links it's, to those in the, the, the show notes for, yeah, it's the narcissist in us that are like, which by the way, if you read those books and you see the genius level of Bean and, and, uh, and Ender, um, neither of us are at that level. We're not that cool. No, um, no, <laughs> not, not, not saying that. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, we would like to be that cool, but we're not. Um, but the underlying concept makes a lot of sense. So I want to, <laughs> move on a little bit and flip and talk about the fatal flaw, right? So if your superpower is one of the things that, um, you know, that is one side, the other side of that coin is your fatal flaw, right? So just like Superman right. has his kryptonite, we all have that thing that holds us back. Um, and I think the most interesting right. part of this discussion is not only what is it for you, but what have you been doing to sort of help overcome that, right? And the example I use for my guests is like, I am a perfectionist, sometimes like, to the point of like, I don't ship things, right? I'll, I'll, I will right. will play and fiddle and like, it's not right yet, it's not right yet. And I, like for me, I had to hire other people and have them do the shipping part because I would just never bring things to market. <laughs> so right. that's been a huge win for me um, is learning how to outsource the last portion because my perfectionism makes me not want to ship. So what is your fatal flaw and how have you been working on it for people who might suffer from something similar? Yeah. So, so for me, uh, one of, I don't know, it, it, it's, it's a little bit hard to define, so maybe we can unpack it a little bit, but I'd say it's related to, to the way that, that, you know, we've mentioned, I, I help people until it hurts. Um, and sometimes what that means is that my business suffers because I'm so focused on somebody else's problem and somebody else's, uh, you know, somebody else's situation. And so I won't take the actions necessary to, um, you know, produce what I need to in my business or, or, you know, it's very easy for me to get, uh, to get sucked into uh, solving a client's problem that, that the problems that my own business might be facing don't get dealt with. Um, and so, so yeah, in terms of, uh, and I don't know, would you, would you say that that's kind of an accurate description? You know, you know, what goes on in my business. Yeah. Yeah. And, 
And so, so to just to further that, it's it, it seems to me sometimes like it is a a the whole give till it hurts sometimes is like someone will come to you with a problem and you're like, I can help you solve that problem. And you're so interested in helping them solve that problem. Sometimes you'll forget to ask them to pay you to help them solve that problem. Yeah, that's, that's, a, right? that's a true story. <laughs> so, that's a true story. <laughs> um, so it's, it's almost like, you know, it, it, it seems to me sometimes that a lot, of, a lot of times your superpower and your fatal flaw are tied together, right? They're the flip side mm -hmm. of the coin. What's the dark side of someone who's a systems thinker, right? That I can never make right. the system good enough, right? So I never right. ship it, right? What's the flip right. side of having, you know, genius level empathy is that sometimes you forget that you should probably be paid for your expertise. <laughs> well, well, what's 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 interesting is that because because the like you know for me, I have no problems getting paid, right? It's not it's not that I'm bothered by getting paid. I'm I'm perfectly comfortable with like an exchange of value. For me, the problem is like sometimes I need to be so sure of the value that I'm getting before I'm comfortable getting paid. I'm very uncomfortable if, if I'm getting paid for something that like I don't see the value that I'm bringing, right? Like if, if, if I don't really understand they are getting X when I'm giving Y, I like, I just, I, I don't, I don't, you know, I, I don't even want to give it. It, it, it like, so it's easy where it's like, if the value exchange is they're giving me nothing and I'm giving them some effort, well, that's easy, right? They're obviously, it's, a, it, you know, they are getting value out of it, right? I may not be, but they are. Um, and so I'm more comfortable with that. If, if, I, if, I, can, uh, if I can know for sure. I say it always, it always has to be in their benefit, right? And if you can't see how it's in their benefit, you don't want to move forward with it. Um, exactly. And exactly. It's it's one of the reasons why I think you have been naturally drawn to the marketing world, because right. marketing a lot of times has very measurable results, and right. you can show someone, hey, we were able to deliver X, Y, Z, right, and that is in relation to what we're paying. It's a higher value. Right? Like you probably would not get into this space where you were selling relationship advice, because like as valuable as that is to people, it's hard right. to put a hard value on, right? Right. Um, so right. you would be uncomfortable selling it. <laughs> right. It's it's very it's very easy for me to say, hey, I I, I will give you ten dollars. Will you give me one? Um, like that's an easy thing, right? Like that's that's a that's an easy exchange. And that's essentially what I what I try and do with marketing. I try and say, hey, I'm going to help you create systems that will generate a flood of business. Uh, you know, if you pay me a tenth of that, I will help you do it. Um, so yeah, I'd, I'd say that's probably the the uh, the the biggest flaw is uh, is yeah there you know it it, it there is there is a fair amount of work a fair amount of effort that is required for me to be comfortable asking for money okay so that's that's part of it which can cause its own problems uh, the other thing is that it's it, it the thing that causes me to do work is often tied to other people right um, and that that's probably one of the biggest areas where I have been able to. Um, so I've, I've got I've got two solutions to my problems that that I've put that I've put into place. So one of them is because it, you know, like it is very easy for me to show up show up to an appointment to have a conversation. If if I've got a group of students that are that are wanting to learn something, I have no problem spending the entire day or two before literally my entire day putting together the training the courses the curriculum whatever i need to where i uh, you know i'll work from you know sun up to sundown actually way past sundown most of the time 
Um, and definitely not at sunup. I'm not an early riser. But anyway, I, I work the whole day of, uh, you know, putting together what I need to because when I know that there are people on the line who care about what I'm putting together, I feel compelled to do the work. Um, if I'm the only person who who bears the consequence of the work not getting done, half the time that's You're not You're going to watch Netflix. Uh, yeah, exactly. It's like, <laughs> okay, uh, yeah. Um, uh, you know, the 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 release of rise of skywalker is more worth watching right now than uh than me working on this business system so what one of the things that i've done is i've if I, is i've set it up so that i have more times where people are relying on me um so i i every week right now i have a weekly call uh with my inner circle my inner circle is is the the group in my business that um that you know they pay monthly in order to get access to all of my courses and trainings and then also to get on this weekly call and the, and on that weekly call every week i i need to bring something of value i need to teach something new something interesting something that'll help these people and they're expecting it of me right so i i have to come prepared to bring that thing of value so in doing that, part of what that has allowed me to do is now I have uh, built in with my personality, I have people who are relying on me to do the work that's necessary in my business anyway, which is to create new training, create new information, and to think forwardly about how people can improve their marketing. Um, whereas if I'm just left to my, my own devices, sure, I might, be, I might be learning new things, I might be creating new strategies, but I'm not creating training around it, right? Like I'm, I'm helping people directly, but not- Like you're, you're not actually shipping. Exactly. So, so it's, it's forced me, you know, having that weekly meeting where I have students there, you know, wanting to hear from me has forced me to actually create the thing. Um, and then in doing that, now I can fairly easily adapt that thing into things that I can sell, right? Into, into actual, it, it's, it's like a product. It's a thing that is, is content. It's something that I can sell. Uh, yeah. so that, that's one, that's one, one way that, that, that's, that, that has worked. Um, my favorite thing about that is how you, you, because your weakness and your strength are tied together, you're able to use your, your desire to have that empathy with other people. Like, hey, these people are relying on me to overcome right. your weakness, right? Your strength right. overcomes your weakness, right? Um, and yeah. anyways, I, I just really like that. Yeah, and, and, and shoot, it's worked. I mean, I, like I can, I can attest as of, as of right now, uh, in terms of I, like, and it's not perfect, right? Like all of these things, I, that's one of the things I throw out there. Sometimes dealing with this stuff, it's like a lifelong thing to figure out how you, how you, how you exist in a way that's, you know, functional and beneficial to yourself in the world. Um, but, you know, I can attest, I, I right now, I, I was not doing that weekly call as of like October, right? I think October. This yeah, I think year. October would have been would have been when we were up in Oregon. So yeah, that would be that'd be about right. Uh, and it was when we were in Washington is when when I when I had the uh, when I when I started just, you know consistently doing the calls if I if I remember right. Um, anyway, uh, yeah. So in in I think late October is when I started, and now without without fail, I think I have done a call every week since then, producing new content. Uh, except for maybe one week, one week, I think I, you know, I, I, I canceled the appointment or I, you know, I had something else that came up, um, which means I, I don't know how many weeks that is, but I have, you know, uh, what? So October, November, December, January, February, March, April, we're in the beginning of May. So that's 
that's eight months. Let's uh, let's pull one of those out because I think it was the end of October and we're the, in the beginning of May. So seven times four point three three. It's around thirty. It's like thirty. <laughs> yeah. So so around thirty. Uh, thirty. You know, anywhere from thirty to hour long or more uh, training that I put together. Um, basically, just because I've capitalized on the fact that I care about people. Um, so yeah. Uh, it, whereas before I I had like. I don't know. I was averaging, uh, what one or two a year. Yeah. Something like that. So, so yeah, just by, just by changing, um, changing it up so that I, so that I had the right incentives in place that actually mattered to me. Uh, that's a big part of it. Um, in terms of, of shifting, shifting, uh, that, that problem of not getting paid because it, it's related. Um, Part of what I figured out is I think that most people, when they talk about pricing, that they're full of crap. Um, that that what people think of in terms of the right the right price or the wrong price has very little to do with anything that's actually reality. Um, it, it's it's based on I see somebody else is charging this much for something that I think is similar to what I'm doing, so I feel like I need to charge that amount. Um, one of the things that really unlocked me being able to actually start asking for for money on these things in, in the vein of uh, when I'm less sure of the value is if I adjust the price to a point where it's like, okay, yeah, it's like, I, I may not be able to ask for, you know, two grand for this thing. Cause I'm not sure if I can, if I can consistently give that much value with this bit of information. Um, but shoot, I can ask for 10 or 20 bucks. It's like, this is easily worth 10 or 20 bucks. Um, and then if you do that consistently, you put together enough systems where you start to see it's like, Oh no, this actually, I'm seeing the results that I'm getting for people. Somebody's paying for this information, so they actually have uh, some skin in the game. They're investing in it, so they're actually going out and using it. And then when they're using it, they're getting this result. It's like, okay, now I can see this thing is worth more, and you can start increasing your pricing. Um, so anyway, all, all that is to say, I think I think people get hung up on pricing, uh, especially if they're like me, uh, where sometimes the the pricing can be the thing that holds you back. It's like you don't ask for any money because you feel like it's wrong if you don't ask for, you know, some arbitrary number. Um, but really it's, it, you know, done is better than perfect, right? Get out there, ask, ask for, ask for a price that you at least feel happy. It was like, I delivered enough value in this. And if I get that out to enough people, it's still worth it. And then over time you can adapt and put together things that, you know, really drive home a lot of value and, and are worth charging really high amounts for. Yeah, yeah. Pricing is such an interesting discussion, and we probably go all day just talking about how to come up with pricing and things. Um, but right. I, I find that that for me, when it comes to figuring out pricing, it's like we, I have to, I have to be able to cover my costs, right? Whatever those are, and have a margin that makes me happy, right? If the margin right. doesn't make me happy, then I'm not going to show up and do the work. Right, um, right that goes into it so so um what's interesting is like like the margin that makes me happy changes with scale right, right. so so i and i've noticed that in my in my business is as i scale things i'm getting i would much rather have a smaller piece of a lot larger pie <laughs> right um than a large piece of a small pie so like as as my business has grown and i've grown in my in my my business like i i used to be looking at like hey i want to this is what i get charged from retainers because i'm happy with that margin to put my time in but now that i've got like 
uh, team members and organization that are doing that, I can have more people and a smaller portion of right. that pie for a couple of reasons. One, because the cost of labor, but also I can serve more people. So I can serve more people and have lower margins and still right. make the money that I'm interested in making. So um, for me, anyways, I found that my my discussions around pricing have always sort of revolved around like, I need to have a margin that makes me happy. Um, and then realizing that that margin can change as I scale my business um, and not being locked yeah. into like, this has to be this way, right? Because that's what right. they charge or that's what someone else charges or this is what the value is. Um, so anyways, um, so anyways. Yeah, and, and, sure. and that, that's, that's always been a key thing when I think about pricing too is, is like, it's funny. Like I, I see this playing out in my personality. You, <laughs> uh, sometimes I wish there were aspects of my personality that were different, but I don't know. Uh, so like, like for you, if, if something is, doesn't, wouldn't make enough money, your, your reaction would be, I don't want to do it. Like I just, I would just rather not do it. Yeah. My it's gut not reaction do it. for, it's not happening. Yeah. For some reason, my gut reaction is if it's not worth enough money, I still am going to do it. I'm just going to do it for free. <laughs> so I'm still going to put the time into it. I just, I just can't charge for it. <laughs> and I would rather do the work for free yeah. uh, than, than, you know, than have to fetch the right price. But it, you know, the reality is, I mean, and this is true for anybody that, that's similar to me, where it's like where, where helping people is a big part of, of who you are. If you're really honest with yourself, and this is something that like, I've become more and more honest with myself, it's not sustainable right to con to continually do that so so i'm finding myself now in more cases saying like no i can't help you for free and it really hurts me to have to say that i, I can't help you for paid because i can't bring the value like I, i'm not comfortable taking your money for something that i don't feel like i can i can really bring bring the heat on but if i if i can't make enough off of this then i'm i know i'm gonna lose motivation too because I, you know, I do, I have a family to feed. I have goals that I need to meet. I have work that I can put my time into that does net an X amount. Um, so like, as, as you start to become clear on that stuff, you, you do, you start to realize like, you know, there, there are, there are times where you have to say no and, 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 you know, and you can't just. <laughs> what, what's interesting. And I, I want to bring this up a little bit. Cause I think, I think um, I don't want to get the people, the idea that working for free is a bad thing. Because right. as entrepreneurs, one of the key aspects of an entrepreneur is your willingness to put money in and not get anything out, especially over the right. course of time, right? Um, right? But you realize that you have to do that strategically, where mm -hmm. when you are going to put money, put your time into something, you may not immediately see a return for that, right? It's not right. like direct response marketing all the time, where it's like I put on an ad and someone responds and they become... A business, but there are times in your life and your business when you're building something or when you're building a relationship where you are going to put time, you're going to put effort, maybe even can put product output together because you're looking right. at future value, right? Right. Um, and so, just as an example, um, I have, well, like, I have over the course of time, and we just over since the uh, our economy sort of tanked with the COVID nineteen stuff, um, closed a couple of new clients using a "I'm going to do this for you for free" mentality, right? Right. But being strategic about that, like, hey, you have the, the you right. know, I get a referral from someone and it's like, they have a specific thing. I know I can solve that for them in an hour or two, right? And right. I could charge them a piecemeal thing for it, right? And make a right. couple hundred bucks. But right. what's better is I can look, I can put that in for free because of future value, right? So I, I closed right. two retainer clients with that over the course of the last few months. Um, where it's like, hey, I can solve something for you. Take me an hour of my time. I'll solve that for you. And they look at that and they're like, how much does it cost? I'm like, first one's free, all right? 
because I'm investing in a relationship that has future value. Um, and they come back and they're like, holy cow, I need you to help me with other things. And you end up with, in my business, I'm looking for retainer style relationships that last for a long time. Right. So that one bit of free effort leads to thousands of dollars of revenue over the course of the year in future value. Right. Um, so, so I think when it comes to like thinking of, you know, it, it's not like it's a negative thing to work for free. It's just that you have to know how right. working for free fits strategically into your business. Right. Yeah. And, and it's not a good strategy to just always work for free just because people need the help. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah. So, and, and there, de there definitely have been, there's been times where, where it's very much the decision of, uh, yeah, I, I think, I think there's value in the relationship. So I'm willing to work on this for free because long-term there's drastically more value in a healthy relationship. Um, and part of that is, you know, the reality is like people in the world are really skeptical. Um, but if you can actually show that you can deliver on something, uh, like once you've actually delivered on something, you remove all sorts of skepticism. Uh, so sometimes it takes that. Sometimes it says, it's saying, I am willing to put in the work up front to show you the result. And then once you've seen the result, it's really easy for you to say, yes, I will pay you a percentage of the results that you generate, uh, which is, you know, es essentially what those good relationships end up being. Yeah, yeah. I'm actually considering uh, right now a, a, a project that I might do for free for someone because they're on the cusp of like really, really big service that's probably in the that's upteen right. millions um, in, in the telemedicine space. Um, nice. because, because of what's going on in the COVID thing. And they're really struggling with some of their technology stuff. And I'm like, I've been talking right. to them for the past couple of months. Um, and like, I'm like, I know I could solve their technology problem real quick, but they're not at a point where they could afford to hire me. Um, so, so I'm like, just in my head going through that conversation, like, does it make sense to just solve this problem for them and hand it to them on a silver platter? Because I know that that would come back right. in future value. <laughs> so right. like, you have to think through those things in your head. Um, yeah, and, exactly. You know, and and what's what's interesting is like it, it may not come back in future value and it might still be worth it to give it to them on a silver platter, right? Because right, of right. maybe referrals that they bring or other things um, that happen. It might not be them becoming a client or something like that. Right. Um, but it's like, and that, I know and I could. Yeah, I was just gonna say, and that's that's where that risk tolerance tolerance comes into play, right? Like, like there is there is a a, a level of saying like, if, if you're if you're being honest and you're being fair, there are times where you outlay time or effort or capital and it doesn't pay off. And so what you try and do is you try and stack it so that even if it doesn't pay off like in the way that you expected or that you hoped, that you try and stack things so that it always pays off some way. That you learn a new skill, you invest in a relationship, you whatever it is right it sets you up to in some way be better off in the future right um and, and yeah so that, that, like that goes into it it's like yeah you invest in the relationship and and you play you know we, we recently started talking about this you know you, you're playing an infinite game rather than playing a finite game where you realize it's not did this one thing work but it's how does that contribute to the overall game that we're playing of uh of the value in this relationship and and what it does in your life and your business in the long run yeah, and if you want to dive more into that, look up game theory. Um, maybe we'll put a link to some game theory stuff in the uh, in the show notes. But yeah, um, when you start looking at your business as an infinite instead of a finite, you start making decisions more intelligently. Um, and right. it's 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 to to that point. As we've grown as business owners, we started to look at things 
better, right? And be able to make better right. decisions about where does it make sense to have free work versus I need to get paid for this work um, and other things, right? right? So um, right. anyways, it's a, that's a huge discussion. I don't know how to really tie a bow on that, but I do want to move on a little bit in, the, uh, like <laughs> in our conversation. Yank. <laughs> Yank, there we go. Um, so my next question for you has to do with your common enemy. And your common enemy um, is specific to the people that you work with in your business, right? So in your case, real estate okay. agents. Um, okay. If you could remove one thing from their lives that you know is holding them back, that you're constantly like beating your head against the wall going, dear God, I wish all of the agents that I work with just understood this thing or would do this thing differently. They would get better, cheaper, faster, higher degree of results. What is that common enemy for you that you're constantly fighting against with your clients? Ooh, that's a, that's a good question. I, I, I don't think I've ever thought about it that way. It's uh, cause like I see, I, I see it as a, I see a, I see a lot of enemies, right? Like I see a lot of different things. I don't know if I've ever if I've ever boiled it down to uh, what what are the common connecting like elements. The, the common threads, right? I, I'd say I'd say probably the biggest the biggest thing is actually what we just talked about uh, that that real estate agents the the biggest the biggest problems and failures that they run into are when they play a short term game a finite game rather than playing an infinite game. Because uh, the reality is that your business will fail as a real estate agent if you play a finite game. You'll you'll burn your bridges and cause yourself drastically more problems if all you're focused on is finding that next immediate deal and you don't think about what your business looks like in the long run, right? And that and that that services in all sorts of different ways. So um, it services in in emails where when you send an email and all you're focused on is talking about real estate and talking about your listings and talking about that next transaction and trying to find the people who are interested right now. Um, because what you end up doing is you either bore most of them to death or you you know you piss off half of them with with being aggressive in the wrong ways. Uh, and then similarly, if you if your marketing is only focused on who's who's ready to do a transaction right the second, it's going to be really hard for you to capture that business uh, in in a profitable way uh, because it's hard. It's hard to find those people. There's there's a long journey, and so you know a successful real estate team, real estate company, real estate agent, they look at their at their business as a long term as a long-term thing. And so instead of sending emails that are designed to, you know, try and, you know, uh, essentially ravage their list for any resource that they can get out of it, instead they look at it as a symbiotic relationship where they're feeding value into it, they're staying top of mind, it, you know, long-term it's allowing them to keep that relationship alive so that when that person thinks of real estate, they think of that real estate agent. Um, so yeah, I'd say, I, I don't know, does, does that make sense in terms of- Yeah, it does, you know, it does. And I remember, I remember specifically when you and I were working together on some ad stuff, one of, one of your old clients mentioned this to me and he was like, the, the, the leads that we generate today are gonna right. be business two years from now, right? right? And that's the way he thought of his business was he's like, I'm, I'm looking at a two year pipeline of like, I need to generate leads that are gonna close into sales and buying leads two years from now, right? right? right. And and so like for you, what you're saying is that like real estate agents are, are sort of focusing myop myopically on like, you know, the average deal takes three months to close. I need to like leads today, deal in three months, right? Instead of looking at a, you know, what is the long-term impact on my business of focusing on closing the next deal now? 
right? Right. Um, instead right. of how do I how do I build relationships that spin off deals over the course of the long term? Exactly, and because it, you know, in, in all sorts of things, it causes you to make really bad decisions. Where, like, as a for instance, right now there's a lot of weird stuff going on in the world. Right, the the markets are acting really weird. If you're paying attention to real estate, um, there's there's a lot of like major investors who have pulled out or, and are sitting on the sidelines. Uh, Open door, uh, Zillow's iBuyer program. Uh, basically, all of the iBuyers have have like pulled back, and uh, and and they're not making offers on on homes. If you don't know what an iBuyer is, that doesn't really matter. Just know that it's companies that buy lots of properties at scale. Um, but like none of them are buying anything. Um, you know, the, the, the way that the, that pricing has gone, like in some markets, there's been a lot of price reductions. So we might be looking at a shift where the prices start going down. If, if I was a real estate agent right now and I just wholeheartedly told everybody, it's like, now's the best time to buy. And like with, without any context or, or consideration, just because I'm focused on the right now deals, what you end up doing is when when you don't give people context and you don't pay attention to where they are and what their needs are, uh, you end up burning that relationship. It's like, sure, you might get a deal right now, but what are you going to do when that person feels like you essentially led them into a decision that was not not for their best outcome, that they bought at the top of the market, not understanding the consequences of that? Like, And, and we don't know. Like, Nobody really knows exactly what's going to go on with the market, but you know, like, but if that happens and you don't, you don't convey and communicate like long-term, like this is why I'm thinking this, this is why I think it's the best decision. Uh, I, I ultimately, I leave it up to you. This is how I think it fits in with your goals. And like, let's, let's sign, let's get it done. Let's do the deal. Um, you burn those relationships. And then instead of like having a lifelong relationship where that person is sending you business, you know, they're, they're sending you their kids business. They're sending you their friends business. Um, and, and you're building a momentum you're having to go and essentially swindle each and every person to try and find a deal instead of actually like building a long-term thing that, that actually gets easier the longer you do it. Uh, so yeah, anyway, I don't know, rant over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, that makes a lot of sense. And I know that's something that you've talked about a lot in, in that space is learning how, like that's one of the things that you focus on teaching um, in your real estate space is how, how can you build a business that's focused long-term that generates deals now, right? right? Like, so you right. just have to understand there's a way to do it that you're generating deals now that's not sacrificing the long term. So anyways, right. if you're interested in that and you're in the real estate space, that's my plug for the real estate growth hackers inner circle. Go check it out. Right. <laughs> uh, so com. <laughs> the Hero Show will be right back. Hey there, fellow podcaster. Having a weekly audio and video show on all the major online networks that builds your brand, creates fame, and drives sales for your business doesn't have to be hard. I know it feels that way because you've tried managing your show internally and realize how resource intensive it can be. You felt the pain of pouring eight to 10 hours of work into just getting one hour of content published and promoted all over the place. You see the drain on your resources, but you do it anyways because you know how powerful it is. Heck, you've probably even tried some of those automated solutions and ended up with stuff that makes your brand look cheesy and cheap. That's not helping grow your business. Don't give up though. The struggle ends now. Introducing Push Button Podcasts, a done-for-you service that will help you get your show out every single week without you lifting a finger after you've pushed that stop record button. We handle everything else, uploading, editing, transcribing, writing, research, graphics, publication, and promotion, all done by real humans who know, understand, and care about your brand 
almost as much as you do. Empowered by our own proprietary technology, our team will let you get back to doing what you love while we handle the rest. Check us out at pushbuttonpodcast.com forward slash hero for 10% off the lifetime of your service with us and see the power of having an audio and video podcast growing and driving micro celebrity status and business in your niche without you having to lift more than a finger to push that stop record button. Again, that's pushbuttonpodcast.com forward slash hero. See you there. You're listening to The Hero Show, unlocking the power of influence and success. So my next question for you is your um, driving force, right? So if your common enemy is the thing you fight against, your driving force is the thing you fight for, right? I say on the show all the time, just like Spider-Man fights to save New York or Batman fights to save Gotham or Google fights to index and categorize all the world's information. What is it that you fight for at Real Estate Growth Hackers? I fight for real estate agents who, who essentially, as, you know, as, as a group of people, have set out uh, to achieve their dreams, right? For most real estate agents, it's their second, maybe third career, right? Like most, most little kids don't grow up thinking, hey, I'm gonna be a real estate agent. Uh, you know, people, people end up kind of backing into it as a career. Even I backed into it uh, you know, as, a, as a career, right? Like I didn't seek out real estate. It was, it was a job opportunity and then I became a, you know, I, humbly, I became some level of an expert in it, right? Um, and so, I, I seek to help those people who, who are fighting for their dreams, fighting for, for their goals. I seek to help enable those people to move into this world where I think the competition is getting drastically better. Um, you, have, you have companies like Zillow, companies like, like Opendoor, uh, companies like, like, like Redfin. There's actually, I forget what it is. It's something like it's over like a trillion dollars has entered the real estate market, all for the goal of trying to like create a better, uh, a, a, a better environment, uh, whether it's a you know, better search, better transactions. Uh, just uh, there's like a ton of money that has entered the space and as a result, like a lot of companies marketing is getting a lot better. A lot of the like competing companies marketing is getting a lot better. Uh, so essentially like where I'm trying to help people is I'm trying to help the average real estate agent be able to weather that storm, to be able to come through it, get the skills that they need to have the marketing that allows them to, to keep a business alive, to thrive, uh, to find those deals and to be able to hold on to their business. Right. Um, it, it, like I, I don't necessarily see those other, you know, the other companies as, as bad or anything. I, I think the reality is uh, real estate transactions are incredibly complicated. Um, I think there are, it, it is very likely that a real estate agent is going to be at, at the center of a real estate transaction for a very long time, uh, just because of how hard it is to do it better than a, than a human can. Um, so I, I, I seek to help those people who will ultimately give uh, you know, the, the public, the consumers who are doing the real estate transactions, who will give them a better result, who will give them something that results in less heartaches, that allows them to navigate those waters effectively. I want those people to win. So I'm trying to help them to do so because you need good marketing to find those people, to find those relationships, to be able to serve those people. So yeah, that's, a, that's, that's who I'm trying to help. Awesome. I love it. Um, and it's, it's an interesting... Um, it's an interesting business too, right? Because it's, it's a great, like real estate is one of those few businesses that you can get into that have a really low barrier to entry. So lots of people can get into it and have a huge, huge upside potential that when you build a business correctly, you can build a big multi-million dollar company and help and serve a lot of people right. over the way, um, which is why it's attractive as a business. So, um, it's, right. a um, it's a cool space to, uh, to be in and to be serving. Um, and, 
you know, real estate is one of the big five, right? The big five largest industries in the world. It's not going anywhere, right? There's always right. going to be real estate transactions. Maybe we uh, um, eventually colonize other planets and it starts to become more commoditized. But for the time being, we have a limited resource of, a, of, of space right. and there's always going to be the buying and selling of real estate. So um, I, think, I think helping in that space is a, is a very cool thing. So Absolutely. next next question for you is more on the practical side. And I call this your hero's tool belt. Maybe you got a big magical hammer like Thor, or a bulletproof vest like your neighborhood police officer, or maybe you just really love how Evernote helps you organize your thoughts. What is one or two of your favorite tools that you use every day in your business that you're like, I couldn't do what I do without this tool? Whew, that's a, that's a hard one. Because uh, I'd say in terms of tool belts, uh, Part of what makes me well-equipped to help real estate agents with marketing is that my tool belt kind of looks like Batman. Um, I, I, <laughs> nice. have, I, have, I have a tool for like everything and I geek out about them and I play with lots of different tools. Uh, so yeah, um, what, is, what, is, what is the tool in my tool belt? So it, it, does it need to be specifically like an app or can I, can I go a little bit more? A little bit more you can go as meta as you want. Okay, so probably the best tool in my tool belt, and this goes back to my superpower, is my network. So my network is the thing that connects me to the best resources at any given time that I might need both for helping people, but also for solving problems in my own business. Uh, my network is responsible for uh, most of the business that I see. I still get uh, I can I can still uh, track a lot of the business that I've been able to generate back to you know uh, relationships uh, and and things that that have come from that. Um, so in terms of a of of a tool that I've cultivated and used day after day, uh, my network is the thing that I continually go back into uh, to find things like Evernote and Trello and uh, you know uh, uh, Zapier and uh, ManyChat and I don't know we could we can go on for uh, whatever those. Locks. Things are, yeah, yeah, lots, so lots of things. It's always interesting to me how often on this show, entrepreneurs who have a certain level of success, when you ask them what their favorite tools are, they're very meta level tools. Things like right. their calendar or you know, one of my right. favorite episodes, um, the, guy, the guy was on the show, mentioned it was his, his notepad, his notepad, like, it, right. like actual like 17 by 19 piece of paper he kept on his desk, right? And he was right. like, that's the biggest tool. Um, so in the terms of your network, networking and network like networking is one of those things that like it's almost like a bad word right because people people look at networking like a thing that they have to do and they have to check it off the box like i went to my bni meeting and i handed out 50 business cards networking accomplished for the day right um and i know because i know you really well that that's not how you look at networking <laughs> so if you would take take a couple of minutes and talk about sort of how you think about your network and how you build it and why that's different than what a lot of people think networking is yeah so uh so really simply i'd say i'd say there's a few components and i bet if we if we thought through it we, we could probably systemize it in a way that other people can uh, can leverage um so first and foremost uh you have to have you have to have ways that you are finding new people to connect with, okay? So that you're 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 finding opportunities where more people enter your ecosystem, right? Like you 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 kind of need a flow of people coming in and out of your world, okay? That uh, so just that, as as an example, I host a podcast and invite new people into my world all the time that happen to be most of the time my ideal clients. There you go. So like that that's a perfect example. It could be it could be something like that. It could be that you participate in a group 
uh, frequently, like in a Facebook group or in a LinkedIn group. It could be, uh, you know, it, yeah, it could be that you proactively go out and you seek like teaching opportunities or whatever, right? Like it could be any sort of things. It, it could or be speaking on stages. Yeah, it, it, it could be that like you consistently go uh, to meetups where uh, uh, a shifting group of people uh, come into you. So you so you find new relationships. It could be shoot. It could be church, right? It could be that you that you consistently go to a weekly uh, religious uh, you know event that that you know maybe it's normally the same people, but occasionally you get new people. Uh, and maybe it's a kind of a combination of all these things, right? Like where you have these things where you go out and there are people that you may not already know. Okay, so that's that's step one. You gotta. You gotta kind of have a way of, of finding new people that you don't know already. Uh, the step two is that you are going to care about the people you talk to. So and not that's, for fakesies. Yeah, not 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 uh you know not not just pretending so that you get something out of it, but you actually like you care about these people. Um, and when when you care about people, that that, that does a few things. You. Uh, you systematically learn about them, right? You find out what they're up to, what they want out of life, what they're good at, how they can help people, and and what what their what their trajectory is. Where are they heading? What are they what are they looking to achieve in this world? Now that opens up the the third step, which is essentially to help as many of those people with the things that they're working on as you can. And that's done in a few different ways. So in, in our third step in this process, that could be connecting them to tools or resources that you think would help them. If you, if you learn about a piece of software, if you see an article, if you hear an interview, if you read a book that you think would help that person in their journey because you understand who they are and what they're looking to achieve, well, what you do is you say, here's this thing. I think it would help you. You should check it out. Okay. And so like do that. Spe specifically, it'll help you get where you want to go. Right. And I know right. that you want to get there because I've asked you because I care. Right. Because I understand. Yeah. I understand who you are. I, I, I get, I get what you're up to. And, and when you're telling them, this is the thing that they should check out. It should be in the context of, I know this aspect of you or your personality or your goals. I think you would appreciate this thing. Um, the other way and probably the best way is when the tool that you're connecting them to is another person where you can say this person that I have learned something about because I care about them and I want to help them achieve their results matches up with this person and what they're looking to do and what they want out of life. And when you connect those two people, that's where like magic happens because you all, all you have to do is just connect two people that can help each other and can make great things happen in the world. And in doing that, you get to, get to be seen as somebody who is incredibly valuable. And so when, when the opportunity comes up where you might be the person who can help connect them to the thing that they are wanting to do in life, you've already brought enough value through connecting them to tools and articles and apps and things that they find valuable and people, because people are really nine times out of 10, like an app is cool, but like, if you really want to make shifts in your life, it, it's generally done through people. people. Uh, yeah. So, so connecting those people to those people, like that's, that's how you do it. So do that consistently, find new people to connect to, care about them, learn about them, find out what they want out of life, connect those people to the things that will help them or connect them to the people that will help them. You do that enough, that's networking and you, you build that up and then you get like this massive momentum of people who also want to help you.
Um, and yeah, it's, it's, it's magical. Okay, so within the next six months or so, we're gonna have a course on that. <laughs> um, like, we probably should at some point. But my my the thing I want to add to that is that networking is not, and it never will be a. I've done this thing, and I get this result. Right? It's right. not a direct response type strategy. Right? It is a long term. You actually care about people. It impacts your business over the long term. That seems to be a recurring theme in our discussion. Is there's you know you have to look at right. your your business and life from from the, the long game. Um, and right. what's interesting is like if you and I look back over the last ten years of our business, where we started out as nobodies and nothings, right, right. in any space, and you look at where we are now, right, the kind of right. it, like networking has been at the central point of everything we've done from the very beginning of our businesses. Um, and it's put us in the point where both of us are at the top of our game in our spaces where like we can get into pretty much any circle we want to get into um, and get invited to places. And it's, it's interesting to me that like the referrals that I get nowadays are from people that are, are, are doing big things in big ways in right. cool, like cool areas that are at the top of their right. game. Right. And that, right. that happens over, the long term because people and it's interesting people don't like people who really understand networking don't connect right. down they connect up <laughs> right yeah right yeah. i yeah yeah you, you you connect you connect somebody to somebody that you think is smarter than you <laughs> because yeah. uh because you think that they're better they're more likely to be able to help and and what that does over the course of time is as you connect people and connect up you start getting connected up um, and getting right. connected up and you start ending up in circles that are at the top of their game in whatever space you're in. Um, so anyways, it's really, really powerful. Um, and Absolutely. we're going to have to cut that little section out where you gave people the three steps because it's probably the most valuable thing we've said today. Um, <laughs> do it. <laughs> Absolutely. So, Absolutely. I've got a couple of questions left. This one's pretty simple. Your own personal heroes, right? Frodo had Gandalf, Luke had Obi-Wan, Robert Kiyosaki had his rich dad. Who were some of your heroes? Were they real life mentors, speakers, authors, peers who were a couple of years ahead of you? And how important were they to what you've accomplished so far? Yeah, it's, that's, that's, that's interesting. I, I don't know. I'd have to step back and think through, think through because like the, the reality is this might be part of what plays into my personality. I, I don't really have many people I would consider heroes in, in the traditional sense because I look up to lots of people in lots of ways. Like I, I, I see, because I try to, to strive to understand like where people are and who they are and what makes them tick, um, I, I, I get, I get influenced by a lot of different people for different things and in different ways. I, I, I see what people are good at and, and I, 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 I take from that what I feel like I can, I can leverage to make me better, right. To, to, to inspire me further. So um, like, as a, for instance, one example, Steve Jobs for me is somebody that had, you know, has been an inspiration, but there's a lot of aspects of who Steve Jobs is that like, I don't want it all or who, who he was. Right. Um, like I, like I admire the difference that he was able to make in the world, but, um, but some of the ways that he did it, I aren't in alignment with who, with who I am. Um, Elon Musk, similarly, like he's doing really cool, big, interesting things. Um, uh, but I think I would crumble if I was that person, right? Like that's, that's not like, I don't want, I don't want to set up a world where I'm running, like how many businesses is he up to at this point? Like, I don't know, 37. Um, like I, like that, that's, 
you know, there, I, I don't aspire to be him, but there's aspects of what he's doing and how he looks at um, the kinds of products that he creates, the kinds of businesses that he creates uh, that, that, that inspire me in certain ways. Um, shoot, I, you know, people in, in my own circles, my mom, I look up to my mom and aspects of who she is, right? You and how you've run your business. I look up to you in a lot of ways. Uh, we have a, you know, we have a friend, I don't know, has Liana been on, been on the show yet? Liana has been on the show. Um, yeah. So like, you know, like her, like, she, like every time I talk to her about like business, uh, business topics, um, like, I feel like a, like an infant child in, in relation to like how you actually structure a business and do things like an adult. Um, but, uh, so yeah, like, I, I don't know. There's, there's lots of people, there's lots of people. And I think, so, prob- so I have probably, go, go ahead. I, I, what I was just, what I was just going to say is I very much, because of how I look at people, I am able to look at the best aspects of what somebody has done, but being fully eyes open aware of the negative things, the things that aren't great, and like still be okay with that. So my my heroes aren't people that I necessarily picture as like perfect or who exactly I want to aspire to, but I, I, I see heroic things in lots of people, if that makes sense. So I actually, I tend to be in the same boat. I have two things I want to point out about sort of just that whole discussion. First one is because we're both geeks. Um, and to bring back the uh, Ender's Game series, just because we might as well. Um, one of right. the things that Ender, Ender says in the book is that when you really learn to understand someone, you can no right. longer hate them. Right. right. Like, because, yeah. because that you, you understand them at their core, right. And you can right. see where they're coming from and where they're like, right. it's, it's one of the reasons why like you and I have such interesting discussions on politics. Cause we have, we right. come down pretty solidly on where things should go, but we can look at someone on the other side right. of where we stand and be like, I see how they get there. Like I understand them at their core and who right. they are and why they think that way. Right. And you realize that most right. people are not acting the way that they're doing because they're some evil incarnate person that wants other people to suffer. (laughs) Right. Right. Like that most people, the overwhelming majority of people are acting in ways that they think are in alignment with their beliefs. Right. Right. And even, they might be wrong. Yeah. Even, even, (laughs) even when people are acting like assholes half the time, it's because they're, they're afraid or they're trying to deal with some trauma from earlier in their life or something. It's like you, you, it, it doesn't necessarily justify the action, but you can, you can at least see as like, you understand how, how, how somebody could get to that, that place in their yeah. life. Yeah. And it's one of, one of my favorite things about you is your, um, I call it a, um, aggressive optimism, right? You know, <laughs> someone like cuts you off on the freeway and you're like, that person's probably trying to get the, hosp- the hospital for their baby to be born kind of thing. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and, um, and I think that goes right back to that empathy discussion. But the second, the second part of that that I want to point out is that like when um, one of my mentors growing up um, mentioned to me that you should only ever take advice from someone in areas that you, right. you, you appreciate their result, right? Right. Um, and it, that doesn't mean that you appreciate or take advice from them in every aspect, right? And if I'm remembering correctly, right. that might have come from Robert Kiyosaki. I can't remember. Don't quote me on that. Um, but I think it might have been one I of Robert know. Kiyosaki's <laughs> books. Um, but he talked about the, uh, like, if you have someone in your life who has a really good relationship with Christ, maybe you follow their example there. But, right, and same kind of thing, maybe you have someone who's got really good 
parenting skills and their kids turn out the way you want. So you follow them in that area. Maybe you got someone else who's got really right. good skills in business and you follow them for those, those things. But um, it's, it's interesting because you have to sort of like choose your, the people that you're looking at, that you're looking up to based on the results in the area that you're, you're interested in getting results in yourself. Right. Um, so anyways, that's, I think that's an, an important aspect in looking at like, you can't just hold someone up as this is my hero in every aspect of life, right. but you have people that are, heroes in your life in in particular areas right um right. and you look up to them you learn from them so anyways yeah absolutely and and i think i think the other the other side of that is uh, and i and i won't go into details on this but i mean you you know you know some of my story uh sometimes if you hold somebody up in too high of esteem and 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 you come face to face the, with the reality of how human everybody is that that can that can cause uh, that can cause problems and cause things to come crashing down that don't necessarily need to right like when when you can comfortably say there are aspects of somebody that even if they're flawed that there are aspects of people that are heroic or there are aspects of people that that you can aspire to that you can see the good in that that means that you are going to be much more uh, resilient when you come faced with the reality that we are humans that we are broken and that people make mistakes and have flaws, and that sometimes those flaws have very strong, powerful consequences um, that you don't necessarily, like you, know, like you said, you don't need to throw the baby out with the bathwater, that it doesn't mean that everything that that person did or, or stood for or whatnot is, is, is worthless, right? That there are, there, are, there are aspects and good that you could take from people even if they're flawed, and even if those flaws are sometimes horrible. Um, so yeah, it sounds, it, it sounds like all... we should get that message out to all the people who need to vote. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> that seems, seems like a thing that like we're currently having a problem with that understanding in our politics. That's like, hey, right. this one person did this one thing that was bad a while back. Therefore, everything right. about them is the worst. Um, yeah. And you yeah, can my... take that any direction you want politically right now because it applies to everyone. <laughs> we're all fallen. <laughs> Yeah, my, my, my worldview is that there was only one person who's ever walked this earth who was perfect, and we, uh, we, we nailed we him crucified to him. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, so uh, everybody else, um, I, I don't know what we can expect exactly, but nobody else is going to be perfect. So, uh, um, you know, so take, take, take the good where you can, uh, try and give grace uh, in, the rest of the, in the rest of the places that you can as well. But, uh, uh, but yeah, so anyway, uh, when you ask about heroes... Um, you know, that, that, that's a, that's a, that's a big component of it to me is that nobody's perfect, but, but in, in just about anybody, there's something I can find that is heroic. Awesome. Well, with that, let's bring it home for our listeners and talk about one last thing, the top one or two principles or actions that you put into practice regularly that you think contribute to the success and influence you enjoy today. Maybe something you wish you had known when we started out together all those years ago. Yeah, I'd say, I'd say it goes back to the, uh, to the same principle of, uh, uh, of, of what we talked about for, you know, who, who I am, uh, know that it is incredibly powerful and valuable, uh, not just from a, uh, 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 you know, a purpose and meaning and, and like, like fulfillment and happiness level, uh, but also uh, there is an ROI and a financial component 
to caring deeply about people. Uh, and, and I think if you, if you leverage that, if you leverage the fact that, uh, that actually caring about the results that you generate for somebody else, caring about the impact that, that you make on somebody else's life, um, that either, you know, that your business makes, uh, that your personal actions make, uh, that that is, that is worth consideration. It is worth effort. Um, and that it can, you know, pay off financially as well. Um, I, I'd say that's probably one of the, uh, one of the key principles. Uh, and then, uh, uh, the other one is in that vein, know that your your life, your business is not, you know, a quarter by quarter thing. It is it is the the sum total of all of the actions and activity that you put into it. It is not what happens in the next five minutes. It's it's the impact that you make over the life of 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 you. Uh, and and sometimes even in the sake of your business might change names, it might change purpose, it might change identity, uh, but yet you're, you're still playing the same overall infinite game uh, of life that, uh, you know, that, that is worth playing well and worth thinking about long-term consequences and long-term uh, you know, impacts of, are you existing in this world in the way that you want to? Is your business doing the things in this world that you want to? Are you making the impacts in this world that you want to make. Um, so yeah, those are probably the, the two things. Care about people and play an infinite game. So my, my first thought on the, uh, the care about people is that a lot of, a lot of especially as new, new entrepreneurs, um, we tend to, and I remember being this way, I care more about the money that I'm going to receive instead of the result I'm going to give, right? right. Because you have to make the money in order to feed yourself. So it's an understandable way to feel, but you have right. to flip that um, and you have to flip that to the, uh, I care more about the results I'm going to give you. The finances will take care of themselves. So that's a, it's a, it's a hard principle to wrap your head around. And I know for both of us, it took us years to sort of figure that out. <laughs> right. Um, right. Yeah. So last thing we do on the show, um, it's the hero's challenge. And you know what this is, cause you helped me sort of develop it, but it's going to be more right. difficult for you because we run in the same circles and we know all the same people. So hero challenge is basically this. Do you have someone in your life and your network that you think has a cool entrepreneurial story? Who are they? First names are fine. And why do you think they should come share their story on our show? So the difficult part here is, do you have someone in your network that I don't already know and hasn't already been on the show that you think should come share Ooh. their story? I, I, I have somebody that, that I think would be potentially really interesting to get on, on the show maybe less in, in the entrepreneurial aspect, specifically in the traditional way. Um, but I think uh, that, that Mark on your team, if he has not been on the show yet, I think he could be a really interesting guest uh, in, in terms of, of people hearing his story, hearing what he's up to with your, with your company, um, the, the, the difference that that's making, uh, just all, all of that. I think, I think he's rising up to be an incredibly uh, interesting, powerful person. Uh, and uh, I think, I think that would be a story that would be worth, worth sharing. It's, it's, it's not necessarily in the same vein as, as some of the guests that you bring on. Um, but I think he would be a really, uh, a really great guest for the show. Absolutely. So just for those of you who are listening, Mark was my first hire in my business. Um, and he actually runs and manages everything that you guys don't see on the back end, right? He runs, he runs this entire podcast. He runs all the stuff for getting our guests on. He runs all the uh, stuff here and he actually hired and trains and works with my other employees. Um, so I actually agree. I think that'd be a really interesting interview um, to bring him on. So 
Mark, when you are editing this, you've been challenged to come on the show. So you're going to have to book <laughs> yourself on. Um, and we'll, uh, we'll and you, have and you, you know on. how to do it too. Because <laughs> <laughs> he set all this stuff up. So with that, that basically wraps our interview, Zach. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Last question, where can people find you? That's a b big one. And more importantly, who are the right types of people to reach out and say, hey, you know what, Zach, I need your help? Yeah, so uh, the, the best place, if, uh, if you are a real estate professional, uh, so generally that means uh, real estate agent, real estate team, or real estate broker, uh, th those are those are kind of the keys. But related, if you are uh, you know a loan officer or in the in the lending space, or if you are uh, uh, you know in the title world, uh, if you're if you're involved in the real estate space, um, then uh, then you can check us out at realestategrowthhackers.com. Uh, that's probably one of the best places. From there, you can find us on on Facebook and Instagram, and uh, you know probably in the future if. Uh, if you find this in the future and there's some new social media site or whatnot, probably there as well, but realestategrowthhackers.com. Uh, and then secondarily, uh, feel free, connect with me on, uh, on, on Facebook or LinkedIn. Uh, I tend to be fairly active in terms of, uh, of connecting to people who seem to, you know, be related to this, to this world of things that I do. Um, I am very proactive about, you know, not only helping real estate agents and, uh, and real estate professionals, but also, uh, folks who run digital agencies and and that kind of thing who, who want perspective on the real estate world or just want some help in the in in terms of running their business. So um, I you know I I very much I care about people. Um, so if you if you feel like connecting and if you feel like uh, uh, having a relationship with me would be a worthwhile thing for you, then uh, yeah I, I recommend for you to to reach out. My my name it, my full name is Zachary Hammer. So that's uh that's how you can find me on. Uh, on Facebook, as of right now, I've got a really goofy, uh, um, really goofy avatar picture. That's me with my mouth wide open. That actually Richard here took the picture uh, uh, that I, that I use as my avatar. Um, so it, it stands out pretty readily. But uh, but yeah, uh, feel free to uh, connect with me. Yeah, and if I can take just a second to plug you a bit, um, one of the things that that I can because I've I've sort of helped you develop and put some of these things together. If you're in that space, you need to check out the Real Estate Growth Hackers Inner Circle. That is your monthly, you know, sort of mastermind for real estate agents. Um, and I've seen the training that you've put together in there, um, helped you sort of develop your foundational piece that I think is just brilliant um, in thinking about how, how real estate agents look at their business over the long term. Um, and if you really want to change your business and build a real estate business that's going to be solid and be able to stand the test of all of the stuff that's happening in the real estate space right now, your best bet is to be in that real estate growth hackers inner circle and learn some of that cutting edge stuff. So that's my, my, my heartless plug <laughs> for, uh, <laughs> well, for thank real you. estate growth hackers <laughs> inner circle. Um, so again, thank you so much for coming on the show, Zach. Do you have any final words of wisdom before I hit this stop record button? No, I think, uh, I think those, those final two, uh, those final two principles of, uh, you know, uh, care about people and play an infinite game. I think, uh, Regardless of where you are, if you if you if you bring those things to your business and your entrepreneurial journey, uh, it's it's uh, it's hard to go wrong. <laughs>